Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Tell Me Everything, the little show that could hear at what the fuck o'clock, bringing good trouble to the right wing bubble. Thank you, Dino Badaler, as always, for being such a quality lead, and we are proud to bring a substantial drop in quality the moment your broadcast ends. And welcome. And be part of it, won't you? Thea Harper is our associate producer, running this beast out of the Brooklyn studios. Chris is running this monster out of South Carolina. I come to you from Manhattan. We have a lot to cover. We have a lot of great guests tonight. We're going to be talking with um, Max Burns about politics, with Matthew Sheffield about, well, the Christian right and Turning Point USA, and how a lot of these progressive candidates that pop up out of nowhere are financed by right-wing people because they want to split the left apart. They know how bad Roe v. Wade has hurt them, and they know they can't win through conventional democracy. But here's the deal. We're, we're not a breaking news show friends. I mean, we really aren't. And you know what breaking news is? Uh, In America, breaking news is uh, submersible still sunk. Breaking news is they died on Monday and we're breaking into the news with, with, with no new news is our breaking news. But I find us obliged to talk about a story that's unfolding so much that maybe the U.S. media isn't talking about it too much because they don't want to yet. Um, The war in Ukraine is raging. The Ukrainian forces are mounting their counteroffensive And now it appears that Russia may at least in part be at war with itself. Now, the Wagner Group, those are the mercenaries that formed a band. And they're very powerful, and they are brutal, and they are crazy. And the man who runs them is Yevgeny Prigozhin. You may have heard his name a lot in the last 48 hours. He's the head of these mercenaries. He is a Putin enforcer. He helped... He helped Putin with uh, the, the, the U.S. election. Um, he is someone who has been very loyal and has hurt a lot of people. And he has publicly come out tonight and accused Russian military leaders of targeting his troops on the front lines in the Ukraine conflict. This man is one of the architects of Putin's pro-Trump U.S. election interference and just gave this explosive interview on a video where he admits that Russia's reasons for invading Ukraine... You know, the reasons you hear from Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk and all the right-wing douchebags clouding up your Twitter feed. Putin's enforcer just said all Russia's reasons for invading Ukraine are false. That Ukraine did not bomb Donbass for eight years prior to this invasion. And that there was no planned Ukraine-slash-NATO invasion of Russia that was coming. Everything you're hearing from right-wing media. 
everything you're hearing from Ron DeSantis. It was all lies. It was all propaganda. And Putin's top thug just came out and called it what it is. We haven't seen something like this since Sammy the Bull Gravano came out to finger John Gotti, people. Now, Prigozhin's been releasing videos for months that are very antagonistic towards the Russian military leadership. But he came out tonight and said Putin's war is to benefit the Russian elites. And he accused Moscow of lying about the full-scale invasion launched last year. Now, he said this attack happened after he criticized the military brass on the Telegram messaging app. And he said the Kremlin's rationale for invading Ukraine was based on lies. And he said the evil of Russia's military leadership must be stopped. He, you know, he, 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 I'm going to continue. He, this news just came out in the last two hours, but he claimed Russia was not facing a serious security threat from Ukraine before the war began, even though that's the reason Vladimir Putin is given to justify this bloody, brutal, illegal invasion. That the grounds that, hey, NATO is a growing threat on our borders. <laughs> Prigozhin said right now the Russian defense ministry is trying to deceive the society and the president and tell the story that there was insane aggression from the Ukrainian side and they were going to attack us together with a whole NATO bloc. Now, it kind of sounds like he's trying to not finger Putin, but go after the military leadership and make it seem like Putin himself has been duped. Uh, you know, he's claimed the country's defense ministry ordered the rocket strike on his field camps in Ukraine that's killed scores of his fighters. And he said his troops are going to move to punish the defense minister, Sergei Shoigu. And he urged the army not to offer resistance. He said, this is not an armed rebellion, but a march of justice. Think about this. Like, think about the fact that one of Putin's right hands is coming out and saying that all of these publicly stated reasons we've heard to justify this bloody monstrous invasion of a neighbor that was not a threat are lies. He said, nope, they've been plundering the Donbass for eight years and the oligarchs who own this country got greedy and they wanted more. I mean, this man spat so much truth about Putin, I'm not used to hearing it on TV from Americans, much less Russians. He apparently is a man with a great history of exaggerating. But whether he's exaggerating or not, he's a man who's signing up to get himself killed. He said, I'm asking no one resist. Everyone who will try to resist, we will consider them a danger and destroy them immediately, including any checkpoints on our way and any aviation that we see above our heads. He's going to shoot down Russian military. I'm asking everyone to remain calm, do not succumb to provocations, remain in their houses. Ideally, those along our way do not go outside. After we finish what we started, we will return to the front line to protect our motherland. How does this make you feel? On the one hand, wow, amazing. Putin is a bloodthirsty dictator. He's the closest thing we have to Hitler. Unlike Trump and Bush, he's competent and he's got to be stopped. And we knew eventually Putin would get putin Russia has a long history of solving their czar problems when they want to. They threw out a czar 100 years ago. They tried to throw out Boris Yeltsin 30 years ago with a failed coup. I'm trying to throw out Gorbachev. I'm sorry. And that's when Yeltsin came to prominence 30 years ago. So I'm with you. It, it, it sounds exciting. It's thrilling. But these are the baddest of the bad. These are the guys that are too savage to be part of the Russian military. These are the paid mercenaries who could have their hands on nukes. Who am I supposed to vote for here? It's scary on so many levels. Prigozhin claimed the defense minister ordered 2,000 bodies of Wagner fighters to be hidden in a morgue in southern Russia. Now, 
here's the question. Did Russian defense really launch a missile attack on their own forces in the PMC Wagner group? Wagner really thinks they did. And they've declared war again, not on their own country. They're not declaring independence from Russia. This is like one mob capo saying he's going after another mob capo. Seth Abramson on Twitter said, we know Prigozhin and Russia's MOD are at odds. We know Prigozhin says the war in Ukraine was unjustified. We know Putin thinks Prigozhin is contemplating a coup. And we know Prigozhin thinks Wagner is being sabotaged by the Kremlin. We know the Kremlin has used PMC Wagner as cannon fodder to weaken what is increasingly seen as Prigozhin's army. The man's got 25,000 fighters at his back. We know Wagner recently began pulling back from prior positions to avoid additional casualties. We know Prigozhin has for weeks been blaming Russia's MOD for what he says is Russia losing its war of choice in Ukraine. And this has enraged the Russian MOD, largely because in this one instance, what Prigozhin is saying is true. I mean, he's been spitting truth all day. He said the war wasn't needed to demilitarize or denazify Ukraine. He said it again and again that this war, like all wars, was driven by a desire to enrich the ruling elite. And he said, you know, Moscow could have just struck a deal with Zelensky before this even started. So whatever comes out of this schism, this split, and this man could be dead by tomorrow morning. And it's very likely he could be. But it's still Putin's right hand going on the record, taking apart the lies about why this invasion of Ukraine happened. The armed forces of Ukraine were not going to attack Russia with the NATO bloc. He said it. It's on TVs in Russia. He more or less told the Russian people, you've been lied to. Putin has always been the aggressor, and homeboy just screamed it from the rooftops. Now, Russia is understandably upset. They said they're going to prosecute their mercenary boss for this armed mutiny. They've urged Wagner Group fighters not to carry out any criminal or, in their words, traitorous orders. State-run Channel 1 is broken into regular pro- programming tonight for a news bulletin. In, in the short message, the country's best-known news anchor, Yekaterina Andreva, she called Prigozhin's claims of a military attack against the Wagner forces fake and said a criminal case has been started against the mercenaries. And she also repeated the government statement urging the Wagner fighters to stop their leader. What does this mean? What could this mean? They're telling the fighters to rebel. And when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Seth Abramson again said the Kremlin's position is far worse than it pretends. A Russian collapse could be closer than we think. Ignore Americans trying to bolster the Kremlin. Yes, Prigozhin isn't an ally and his destabilization of Russia could pose a global danger. Now, the White House National National Security Council say they're monitoring the situation. Joe Biden has been briefed on it all. And Prigozhin just released another voice message where he claimed his forces were now entering the southern Russian city of Rostov. Right now, we have crossed all the border points. The border guards greeted us and hugged our fighters. Now we are entering Rostov. If anyone gets in our way, we will destroy everything. He said those who opened a criminal case against him understood nothing but treachery. The problem is there's been no video footage yet that would confirm any of these military movements. And and again, in another video, he said... um, an audio recording, he said that uh, Russia's chief of the general staff ordered airstrikes on his columns, but the pilots refused to obey the criminal order. Now, there's no proof of that at all, but it's clear propaganda against the Russian leadership. He's, it doesn't matter whether it's true, Russian people are hearing that Russia's own pilots are refusing their orders to attack other Russians. Now, obviously, this is all questionable, right? Until we see photos or video of any of this, we don't know. 
But you know who's taking it seriously? The Russians. There are now tanks on the streets of Moscow. The footage is amazing to see. We know that Ukraine is in the midst of their big counteroffensive. It hasn't gone all the way yet, but Russia's in a very critical moment of this invasion. They're trying to occupy one of the largest countries in Europe, and now it's hour to hour. I mean, Russia's lost seven men for every one Ukraine has lost. And it looks like Russia just blew up that dam (laughs) just to drown Ukrainians, which makes it really seem like Russia's getting increasingly desperate. People on the far right, Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk, Donald Trump, they're going to blame any Russian collapse on Ukraine, right? Or no, they're going to blame it on wokeness. That's it. How long until Ron DeSantis gives a speech calling the Wagner group woke? But what would a Russian worse civil war look like? Well, Seth Abramson, one more time, you know, he said it's possible to cheer the possible end of Putin's legitimately evil regime while also wanting loss of life to be minimized. My guess is Prigozhin is killed by one of his own men by the end of the next 24 hours. Thus, the Russian civil war ends. Prigozhin is no dope, but Putin has a man in place for this contingency, would be my guess. And he's going to kill the Russian minister of defense. This is like in the in the Godfather if Luca Brazzi went after Don Corleone. If Don Corleone was really bad at his job and Luca Brazzi had his own army. So... We'll be giving you more information about this as it comes in. Peter Strzok said, it's in these moments of sudden global instability that I miss the strategic vision and calm measured maturity of Donald Trump and his national security advisor, Mike Flynn. But the story is, my friends, uh, we appear to be on the verge of some very scary Russia on Russia action. The Wagner Group is telling the truth. They are inciting a coup. Tanks are on the streets of Moscow. The Kremlin's having a meltdown. And tonight on U.S. News, they all lead with submersible still sunk well not all of them but i was watching cnn for 40 minutes no coverage of russia at all and it was all just about the submarine that imploded on monday oh it was so badly designed it was that's why it imploded i mean i get it it's friday night right it's friday night people book their guests you want to go away for the weekend i, I understand oh what last minute what it's it's a what it's not confirmed we're, we're we're going to the hamptons we don't have time to book a russia expert for our hour But guys, I mean, the migrants who died at sea got less coverage and sympathy than the sub. And now possible civil war in Russia. MSNBC broke in uh, around 20 minutes into their broadcasting to talk about it. But it's the Friday night news dump, man. It's all just carbon fibers, bro. Carbon fibers. That's the carbon. That's why the boat sank. (sighs) So the only questions left are, who will be the first to call Wagner Group woke? Vladimir Putin, Elon Musk, or Donald Trump? And if there's any lesson to take from this, I guess always pay your mercenaries and try not to bomb them. We send our thoughts and prayers to the pro-Vladimir Putin Republican Party. If we want to know what you guys think about this and everything else, we will be talking all about the week in politics, too. Charles in Miami, we missed you last night. Hello, sir. Hey, how you doing, John? Very good, sir. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, before I say that Biden, I mean, I'm thinking Biden, I think a NATO should do whatever they can to get Prigozhin. I'm yeah. thinking if there's, a, if there's a Russian civil war for any type of way, like we saw in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and those important papers came out, and we find out Marjorie Taylor Greene and the rest of these Republicans are secretly taking money, and they're well, sure. freaking Russian either sure. agents or, 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 or what do they call them, um, the people that don't really know what they're doing. I mean, oh, don't really useful know idiots. You, or yeah, you. I mean, uh, 
useful idiots or in some cases assets assets either way i say lock them all up lock them all up (laughs) right i'm with you but again it's 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 also terrifying you know the only thing scarier than putin is what might potentially replace Putin. And so, you know, someday we'll have the truth told to us about all the Russia money laundering and American government, and I can't wait to learn. In the meantime, it's still pretty scary. I I think Seth Abramson is right. Most likely... This guy's going to get it from one of his own men, but I, we, I've been talking a lot about when will Putin get Putin, and it looks every day like we're getting closer and closer to the day where Putin accidentally falls out of a high window, where Putin accidentally drinks a polonium smoothie. I mean, the very fact that it got this far and the world is talking about it shows how tenacious Putin's grip on power might be. Right, and these, and these right-wingers, uh, you know, like I said, I think Biden, I think it's from NATO, I'm doing every single thing that's humanly possible, or even with AI, to get Progosian out of there because he, yeah. has, you know, he can bring them down. Uh, by the way, really a lot of people, a lot of people are saying maybe the tape is AI of Progosian. I, I watched it. I, it could be, but I, I, I think the real guy would have come out by now and said it wasn't him. And like he's sitting there in these fatigues in front of a flag with a teacup <laughs> he's drinking tea uh, while he's dressed on the front lines the whole thing is just so a, strange it seems very authentic right right and, and the thing is this has been brewing for a while and and i haven't watched the bbc but i'm definitely turning on the bbc as right soon on. as i get a chance because hey i'm gonna see what's going on you, same you here I, I was saying we're, yeah, we're, but, and by the way, there's a lot of good journalists at CNN. I'm sure they'll be all over this tomorrow. God knows they've got the global network in, in it. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna support Al Jazeera. I'm gonna support BBC. I, 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 I my heart goes out to those who died in this submersible. But I want to hear about what's going on in the world right now. Oh, oh definitely. Listen, uh, yeah, my heart is broken too. I couldn't help but you know feel for those people, but you know. Yeah, I know, but I mean, but again, like CNN led with it a whole hour on Friday. And those poor men have been dead for five days now. Like, there's no news. They're showing they're showing footage of the ships returning with nothing they've salvaged of the wreckage. Just ships with nothing on them coming back in the port. Here's the live shot. And it's like, I get it. You flew a crew out there, but this is breaking news. And that's what I turned to CNN for. Right. I mean, I'll be honest with you, though. The other day when I heard that there were noises, it just didn't seem right to me. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't get... I feel like they just said that. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it and, seems and I like... I was right, I was right, because because now that we're finding out, they, there was a, a noise that they heard. There was. You know, um, when they lost contact. So I don't know if they said, if those people reported that just to get as much help as they could out there, but it just didn't, it didn't feel right. But yeah, I like agree. I said, you know, I feel so, so, uh, so hurt on the inside for these people because they didn't have a chance. It didn't seem like it because, what, because this billionaire decided that he was going to do stuff his way no matter what? I mean... (laughs) I know. I know, but again, it's like I I, I I think one of the fascinating elements of the story and why Americans are so drawn to it, and yes, I know we should care about the migrants. We have to care about the migrants, but the fact is we're used to seeing migrants suffer. I think on a human level, people aren't used to seeing bad things happen to billionaires. I think there's some level of humanity. It's like, wait a second, a, a horrible atrocity happened to billionaires? Tell me more. It's just not the sort of thing you think about. It never happens. And I think there's a certain level of fascination there. And, of course, there's all the Titanic lore on top of it. I'm not saying it's not a real story. But um, I am saying this thing in Russia is a real story and potentially very scary. 
It really that, is. And, yeah. and, and and just and just to to, to uh, you know when they say bleeding heart liberals, yeah. I wear that as 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 a badge of honor because yes, I have a heart. They yes. don't have a heart. They're a bunch of whatever they crawled up out of the ground, but I have a heart. <laughs> so yes, it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or not. But um as far as Russia goes, I I I, I Putin is on his last leg. I gotta believe that. I, I, I mean, the, the writing it is seems on the wall. that way. It seems that yeah. way, but, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see. No, we'll the, see. the writing been on the wall. Ever since that guy been complaining, um, Fergosian been complaining. The writing has been on the wall. And, and yeah. anyway, any, anyway you put it, how could you lose, like, your number one moneymaker, oil, and now you have the rest of Europe, uh, 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 you, know, doing other, um, you know, doing other sources of energy? So, You're right. <laughs> It's like it's like Trump, it's like Trump and Republicans. They they saying, oh, Biden, Biden got a easy, you know, he got a sweet idea. Well, what happens if we get Trump in um, New York, Alvin Bragg, and and they <laughs> yeah, even and give him one count? We Trump's had nothing but sweetheart deals. Trump's had nothing right, but, but sweetheart need- deals. He, he he paid a fine, twenty six million for the fraud school. He paid a fine, two million for the fraud charity. He paid a fine, one point four million for the Trump organization. Uh, he found liable by a jury for sexual abuse, but no jail time. Trump's got nothing but sweetheart deals. So if he gets one, if he gets convicted for uh, and guilty for one count of this tax evasion. How many years should we give him then? You He's know? not going to go to jail. Not going to go to jail. I'm sorry. I no, 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 I, I love they're, liberals they're too much to, to see you all get your hopes up. To, they're trying to bury Hunter Biden, and, and yeah. they don't want to tell us, well, give him five, six, seven years. I hope they do, because that's the same yeah. as they should give Trump if they find him guilty. That's Again, all they have is outrage. All they have is umbrage. That they don't care about Hunter Biden at all. They just know from focus groups that gets the white folks watching news all frothy at the mouth. Thank you so much for the call, Charles. Have a great weekend. Let me go to Brian in Oregon. Brian, welcome. How are you, sir? Uh, hey. Charles is great. I'm doing good. Yes, I good have not glad. heard about the Russian uh, <laughs> uh, insurrection. I guess it's you would all been call the it. last two hours. We're not usually a breaking news show. Chris and I are like, what are we going to talk about tonight? Nothing happened all day. <laughs> And I told him, let's wait and the, see. Uh, they'll be a they'll, uh, anti freedom caucus or whatever they are. There's a couple. We're going to talk about that, too. Yeah. But I, I kept thinking, oh, Jack Smith will drop something after 5 p.m. Instead, uh, maybe civil war in Russia. We'll see. <laughs> maybe so. That guy is a. Uh, uh, and if he gets shot dead by his guys, then wonder who who's second in command for the Wagner group. <laughs> that's the, that's the whole thing, right? Maybe that guy's even scarier. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I and mean, they, I've always found are really evil that what they're doing in uh, the, the Republic of Central Africa in this harvesting gold in holding basically the the president of Central uh, what's that country called? Central Af- Republic of Central Africa, I think. I heard a story on that last week or two weeks ago. Uh, he called him in to secure his place. Uh, in power after the Civil War. Are you there? Central African Republic, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, um, because the, Wagner, uh, group, Wagner Group is Wagner? all over. They're and all over Africa. Really I mean, they've got, they've got thousands. People. They have thousands of mercenaries for hire in Libya, Algeria, Sudan, Angola. They're all over the continent. Yeah, so this asshole is harvesting all this gold from the Central African Republic and mm-hmm. uh, this being incredibly brutal to the people and... He's basically got, I would it sounds to me like they've got the president kind of uh, kowtowed and pretending to be in power, you know, kind of a prisoner of his own 
I mean, Alice, we, we don't know. We don't know. It, it's. It, I mean, there's thousands of Russian mercenaries in Africa. Who do they answer to? The man who leads them or his boss? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's going to be well, a real test of a corporate model. Well, if I was one of the Central African Republic guys, I would have <laughs> shot that guy in the head a long time ago, whoever the head of the, his Wagner group in his country was. And but, again, um, this guy, then again, I want to say the, the Wagner group is saying they're, they're not trying to depose Putin. He's saying we're taking our army to kill the minister of defense and then come back here to the front lines. It is yeah. wacky to the bone what is going on it, right now. Yeah, I don't think even Tolstoy could have thought of that. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. Brian, thank you so much for the call. Right, have a great you weekend. Have a good weekend. Yeah, so we're going to keep on monitoring the situation, and we want to know what you guys think. There's lots to talk about, and there's new Trump ally in the fake elector scheme is talking with the feds. All those stories and more when we come back. We'll be joined by the great Max Burns and taking your calls at 866-997-4748. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. This is Series Sex and Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Thanks for being with us. We've got a lot still to cover on the show. Also, let's not forget, we are now marking one year since the Dobbs decision, which took away a federal right to abortion in this country, and it has not been pretty. We'll be covering that later on in the show, as will our next guest with a terrific special he's just recorded for SiriusXM. You know Max Burns. He's a Public Relations Society of America award-winning Democratic strategist and political columnist, and his advocacy work has guided some of the most successful American companies and campaigns. You may have seen him or read him in the Daily Beast, News Nation, NBC News. We're thrilled to have him here. Max Burns, good Friday to you. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being had. So you have a special that you've done, um, which men should do. I'm always thrilled when I see men 
doing quality programming and reportage about women's reproductive rights, because by God, men need to be talking about it more. And tomorrow at 1 p.m., you'll be bringing us a special. Yeah, thank you. That means a lot. It is. This is an issue that I've been focused on for years uh, covering from the progressive side and have slowly watched this situation, you know, build to where we were last year at this time uh, and had been warning for some time about the, the larger fact that this wasn't just a war on abortion rights. It's a war on privacy rights. We've seen it expand in just the last year to almost 60 pieces of legislation restricting abortion rights. We see national abortion bans proposed. Uh, A national abortion ban is now the de facto necessary position for a Republican running for president. And I had the chance to talk with some incredible experts, including uh, South Carolina State Senator Margie Bright Matthews, who's been on the front lines of this since before the Dobbs decision and just learned so much. And we talk about what we've lost and how people are fighting back, why we should still have hope. Wow, it's terrific. I mean, what what do you think has changed the most, Max? What what has stood out to you in terms of all the events we've seen since this ruling came down? Thanks to, you know, a racist game show host who ran for president and got the second most votes. That's the reason why we lost these rights. Yeah, I mean, there's really two sides to it is one is that we've seen a a real and catastrophic effect on women's health. I mean, we've seen like in Indiana, a child who's raped and almost you know unable to get an abortion and then a doctor criminalized for providing life saving care. Uh, we've seen very real worsening of the quality of life, especially for low income women, for women of color. But at the same time, as 538 shows and recent polling shows, support for legal abortion has never been higher. And bit by bit, you know, more people are coming around to this as they see the real effects and support for total bans is falling at a record rate. So this is becomes a really dangerous issue for Republicans next year because it's not going away. It's as uh, one of my guests says, it's even bigger now than it was during the midterms. It's exactly right. And USA Today just reported support for legal abortion has actually gone up one year after Roe v. Wade. I, I think in this case, Max, a lot of people are, are like my mom and dad. They the people who are voters who would never call themselves pro-choice, people who don't like abortion, people who think abortions are done too often and too casually as birth control, but people who would never vote to criminalize it. And I sort of feel like that's the one group that Democrats and Republicans have forgot existed out there. And now the GOP is obviously trying any way they can to figure out new ways to win elections without having to win the largest number of votes. I mean, it seems to be guiding everything. They don't want to talk about Russia. So we're just going to hear all day long about Hunter Biden, uh, about anything they can do, and including Cornell West running for president, whatever can divide the left. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think you saw when in the immediate days after the decision, Republicans wanted to talk about anything but abortion. You couldn't drag them to talk about what this meant for abortion rights, but their base wouldn't allow them to go backwards. It's forwards only, no brakes on the Trump train. So they were pushed into these extreme positions. And we saw the backlash. I mean, we saw in 2022 in uh, in Kansas that 70 percent of newly registered voters were women who registered because of abortion as an issue. And they beat back an attempt to take away abortion rights there. That's only grown uh, since these positions have become more and more extreme. And at the same time, Republicans are increasingly unhappy with their leaders because they don't think they've gone far enough. So they're really stuck between people who think they've gone too far and people who want them to go even farther. 
And the yeah. common denominator is none of their voters are happy. That's right. I mean, Ron DeSantis was starting to go after Donald Trump because Trump didn't support the six week abortion ban. It seemed like Ron was trying to run to the right of Trump by criticizing him on that on that area and then realized that area is a huge loser for himself. DeSantis wouldn't even be on camera when he signed the law. They released a photograph at 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. So even DeSantis has backed away from what arguably is his greatest achievement. Yeah, Republicans got way ahead of their own polling here. I mean, DeSantis, to to put it bluntly, one of the main reasons he has evangelical support at all is that six week abortion ban. But he's realizing that it doesn't play nearly as well in the rest of the country as it does in Florida. And how do you talk about the one issue that's mobilizing your voters without talking about it? And that's part of the reason we've seen DeSantis slide in the polls so reliably is he's talking about everything but the issue his voters want him to talk about because his pollsters know it's suicidal politically. Amazing. Earlier today, we saw Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs sign this executive order, as you mentioned, to block the prosecution of abortions in her state. There's still a 15 week abortion ban in the state of Arizona. But under this order, all abortion rated county prosecutions go under the state's attorney general. And she's already said she will not prosecute any people who get them. It seems, Max, like this is how the abortion battle is going to be fought now. State to state in the courts, hand to hand combat. And it seems that Katie Hobbs just proved once again why every vote counts, because this could have been Governor Carrie Lake doing something dramatically different. Oh, yeah. If Carrie Lake had gotten the, her way, she was talking about criminalizing this with, with like felony offenses. So putting women in jail for years for obtaining abortions to save their own lives. And the big thing that I think Republicans are not prepared for here is that Democrats are finally finding their voice. You know, abortion went from an issue you could not talk about to just today, Joe Biden meeting with a number of pro-choice groups. He said, make no mistake, this election is about freedom. And he explicitly linked abortion rights to the broader freedom message that he's been talking about successfully since 2022. Yeah. So the White House is leaning in on this. They are not intimidated anymore. They see the numbers and they are going to go full throttle ahead. Yep, that is well they should. It's going to be a very interesting election, and it's going to be interesting seeing the Republican Party throw everything at the wall to avoid talking about this and to compensate for how unpopular it is. I, I want to shift a bit and talk to you about Jack Smith, uh, if we could, Max, because the New York Times reported today that Donald Trump's former director of Election Day operations, uh, Michael Roman, is now in talks about possibly cooperating with special counsel Smith on the investigation, not into the boxes, but Jack Smith's side gig, the investigation into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Now, we remember, of course, the saga of uh, the fake electors. That's back when Dan Quayle saved the Republic, which is maybe the most depressing chapter of the entire Trump presidency. <laughs> um, what do you think about this? Is this uh, I mean, it seems like this is a guy who would bring a lot of insider knowledge about Trump's scheme, Trump and John Eastman's scheme to essentially steal democracy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hilarious to me in a way that it only took one fairly competent special prosecutor to really bring the whole Trump machine down. All it took was the the uh, remit and the authority to look for the crime and the crime was there. 
I think it makes a lot more sense now why Republicans restricted Robert Mueller's investigation so much. Yeah. But this is this is huge because it yeah, immunity deals aren't like in the movies or on Law and Order. For to get immunity, especially at this level, you have to proffer in legal terms. You have to show prosecutors what you have, and then they'll decide if that's worth immunity and what kind of immunity it's worth. So if he's giving immunity, which is never done lightly, then there's something significant here that could not be gained any other way. And that is something that's going to live in Donald Trump's head until he gets the grand jury documents. Um, Let me let me just take issue with one thing you said there. Bring the Trump machine down. Are we at that point yet, Max? I mean, his numbers are actually going up and he's fundraising like a fiend off of all of his scriming. Oh, I have no doubt that he's going to have his base of support and raise money. But the the infrastructure here, you start to see now even these third string Trump world people are starting to take deals. They're starting to realize that whatever they were promised is not coming. And you see people now like Bill Barr hinting that he may be willing to testify. I mean, it's hard to overstate how devastating that would be for Donald Trump. And even if he continues on, it's likely he'll be doing it from jail. Oh, no, I don't know if you know, if you heard, Max, uh, Bill Barr is just part of the 10 percent of Trump hires that weren't good. Ninety percent of the people I picked were fantastic. Only 10 percent. Only all the ones in large positions of of power. Um, What's amazing to me about this is that Jack Smith has probably already gotten immunity from a number of sources, both in the documents case and in the January 6th terrorist attack case. And most likely, Mark Meadows could be one of those people. Yeah, there are several sealed uh, agreements still, and there's a lot of speculation about that. Mark Meadows has really disappeared. Uh, he's keeping his head low, as you know he probably should, given how bloodthirsty a lot of these MAGA people are. But you make that great point that there are so many people who are giving testimony here. Uh, it, the New York Times had a story about how the prosecutors were originally struggling with the motive and how to build a motive. And then they got this flood of people willing to tell them uh, very specific, detailed things to show them texts and pictures. And suddenly they realized that all the people closest to Trump were telling the story for them. And I will see that at trial. And it will be uh, quite as I, I certainly hope that it is televised because the American people deserve to see how deep this rot goes. Yeah. What did you make of this week in the world of Jack Smith? It it certainly seems like Trump is fundraising off of it and Trump has got his talking points down. But there's a layer of desperation I haven't seen before when you check out the volume of Truth Social posts, the all caps attacking of Jack Smith and his family. You know, it brings me back to Putin. It's like the, the, the dictator doesn't appear to be sleeping well. No, and it it is no coincidence that Donald Trump became much more thrashing about uh, when he got the first round of evidence from the government that included testimony from people who testified against him. He stood up at Bedminster today and said, you know, I have some of the greatest attorneys in America want to come work for me. I said, no, I don't need your help. I'm going to do this myself. First off, I hope so. I would give anything to see Donald Trump represent himself in this case. But also it shows you that he's he's trying to put forward a front and to do what he does, which is spin reality. But you're not going to be able to do that in a courtroom. And Jack Smith is focused on that courtroom. 
You know, a lot was made of the fact that Judge Aileen Cannon wants to have the trial begin next month. Prosecutors from uh, Jack Smith's office today filed three new motions, and one of them requested that the judge delay Donald Trump's criminal trial until December. Not a big surprise, right? No, I think we expected there are going to be any number of of motions here and will probably result in delays. Uh, That was an extraordinarily quick timeline. I think a lot of people were surprised by that. And the the sense was that she had done that so that she couldn't be accused of dragging her feet. And that's probably the correct step. And then you can let the, the attorneys decide where they go from there. But starting with a presumption of speedy trial, especially in this, I think, is really important. So a rare good decision by Eileen Cannon. (laughs) Uh, Max, it was a bit of a sad week for our friends on the right. They lost two of their favorite ongoing reality series from Angertainment Studios. Um, One was the Hunter Biden story, and then there was the John Durham probe, which has ended a few times, but he came back for a special victory lap this week. And uh, it was really something watching Democrats and in some cases Republicans take this man apart now i know that he's a career prosecutor who i'm sure has many fine qualities and i know his team worked very hard on this it seemed like the anger was more directed at the fact that the investigation of the investigation began in the first place what did you make of that dressing down he received all day long i mean it was quality tv i've rarely seen a a seasoned witness someone who's done this before so off his guard i mean struggling with basic questions from Adam Schiff. He he seemed to not know core facts from multiple government reports that he was supposed to be investigating, said a couple times that most of what he learned about Russia's involvement with Don Jr. came from the news. And at some point, Matt Gates had had enough. Now, imagine how bad you have to be performing that <laughs> Matt Gates leans over and says, I think you're so bad that you're secretly working with the Democrats to make Trump look guilty. I mean, that, and, and that's what taxpayers paid something like six million dollars for a, an investigation so bad. Even Republicans think it's too bad to use. That was the beautiful irony of it. The Democrats were angry because his investigation was a fraud and the Republicans were angry because his investigation was a fraud <laughs> for completely different reasons. The Republicans wanted to believe and the Democrats were disgusted. The whole thing started in the first place. I've seldom seen any TV like that. And it seems rather telling that they would have their, you know, rebuke their their public censuring of Adam Schiff later that day. It seems like that was a lot of distraction from Durham. So the Durham hearing disaster wouldn't lead in the headlines, as well as being for one day uh, a distraction from Donald Trump's 71 felony counts. No, it is. It is so true that Republicans have become so fixated on creating Biden scandals that they've almost forgotten how to make a good one. Like they don't even make logical sense anymore. We've had years of the Hunter Biden buildup that turned out to be nothing. And now Republicans have to answer to a base that they've been promising for years. Mm -hmm. Rafts of Hunter Biden international crime investigations. You have James Comer spending millions of dollars on this Biden bribery scandal with a, a an allegedly secret foreign briber who's been seven different nationalities and two different genders over the course of 65 days. So it, it really does not give you a lot of confidence. And none of these scandals are really hitting the media like they did during the Trump years. It's true. So you see Republicans really struggling to find what the hook is here. 
Yeah. I mean, they're not angry that the Republican voters have been lied to. They're angry that the lie has run out of sand in its hourglass and they can't use it anymore. Um, And I'd be most remiss, Mr. Burns, in our final minutes if I... If I didn't talk to you about the really weird way some on the right are responding by trying to turn this tragedy with the Ocean Gate submersible into culture war. I've already heard people say that <laughs> it's sunk because of wokeness. And and I mean, uh, Dan Crenshaw tried to say this was the fault of the U.S. government because it happened on Monday and they didn't know. I mean, I just I, I can't believe it. What do you what do you make of this? It's, it is uh, apparently, according to some in Congress on the right, wokeness sank the the ocean gate. Apparently, Poseidon is very progressive. And as Donald Trump said, the ocean is big water. Apparently, it's also big Democrat. But the reality <laughs> here is, you know, there there is really not that much for the U.S. to do here. We have strong regulations. This guy chose to work in international waters to flag his vessel in yeah. countries that didn't require that. This is a textbook story of what deregulation does, because any idiot with enough money to build a suicide tube can think that they're a, a deep sea expert. That's and it. this is this is an industry that has been almost completely safe for the better part of 40 years. It's true. Until this guy thought he could do it himself from Home Depot. And the idea that it's it shows you how unserious Republicans are, that there could be a real conversation here about. How do we improve safety? How do we reinvest That's in this it. in a good way? But I mean, they're, they're yeah. not interested in working. They just want to shout. The irony is that, you know, he should be a Republican hero for his devotion to deregulation and not following the rules and getting around these things. But, yeah, because the CEO who was killed this week said that uh, in an interview once that he didn't want to have all 50 year old white guys piloting his craft. They're saying because of that, he died. Never mind the fact that this man was a white guy over 50. And I believe the pilot was a white guy over 50. It's just they need a place to put the hate. It is it is in many ways just the characteristic Republican line. Safety is for losers, says billionaire vaporized at the bottom of the sea. (laughs) I mean, there's only so much you can can show this hubris. And I think if if Republicans want to own the libs by imploding themselves on the seafloor, Go for it. I mean, anything that works, maybe. Yeah. Max Burns, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your doings? You can follow me on Twitter at the Max Burns, and you can check me out on Substack at maxburns.substack.com. Max, thank you so very much. And of course, the big special is tomorrow at 1 p.m. right here. Thank you so much. Max, what a pleasure. Have a great weekend. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. We're at 866-997-4748. This is Progress. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I'm John Fiegel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. I want to play a, a quick little clip or two here at the annual conference of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Mike Pence <laughs> lionized the overturn of Roe v. Wade, no matter the political cost. 
Now, some you will hear from at this very podium will say that the Supreme Court returned the issue of abortion only to the states. That's Trump. That nothing should be done at the federal level. That's Trump. Others will say that continuing the fight to life could produce state legislation that's too harsh. Some have even gone on to blame the overturning of Roe versus Wade for election losses in 2022. <laughs> oh, who would do that? Let me say from my heart, the cause of life is the calling of our time, and we must not rest and must not relent until we restore the sanctity of life to the center of American law in every state in this country. In other words, women do not have a right and should not have a right to decide what happens with their body. Women don't have a right to not be pregnant. You know, I'll just say it again. If you prioritize criminalizing abortion, which Jesus never mentioned, but you support executing people, which Jesus actually opposed, the rest of us are not obliged to take your claims of Christianity seriously. Media, stop calling Mike Pence a Christian. He's not down with the Jesus stuff. Let's get back to the phones. Sean and Callie, welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Brother John, first of all, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and everyone working on the show. But you know what? Uh, it just occurred to me a mm. long time ago, but again tonight, that, uh, you know, the reason why we have this scourge of these uh, Republicans, whatever you want to call them, maggots, all that, that don't have a clue about anything, mm-hmm. is because they were not brought up on the Beatles. They needed to be brought up on John what? Paul, George, and Ringo. What are oh, you yeah. talking about? I wasn't born. I wasn't. I wasn't brought up on the Beatles. I, I I grew up in a house with no pop music. What are you talking about? Pop music, man. This is like this is Rock like music. iconic world music. <laughs> I'm with you. I, look, I I'm with so- you. But I'm just saying, you know, I was raised without any popular rock and roll music. I, I grew up with a, with a former Franciscan brother and a former nun. I mean, Perry Como was they a singer like I got in my house. They didn't know the Beatles oh. existed. They had taken a vow yeah, well, of celibacy and hid away for a decade. I grew up with Perry Como being played in the house. That's my whole point. You've just said that what I'm saying is you were not exposed to them. And Correct. this is, I'm just making a joke. It's Friday, you know, but what I'm trying to say here is you cannot go wrong with the Beatles. You cannot no, you go cannot. wrong. And when you when you're raised on, you know, you know, someone I love the banjo and all that, but if there isn't any lyrics involved, any kind of, you know, harmonic melodies and all kinds of things and my goodness they did it all. I'm telling you, it really helps in your brain to do what Dean other people call critical thinking. I say just calling it thinking. Right. Because doggone it right now. A lot of these people don't think at all for themselves. They don't question anything. Well, wait, when why, they do why, do you need to, why, why do you need to do that when you got Donald Trump to tell you how to feel? You got Fox News doing well, that that's for you. Exactly, that's exactly it. And, and by the way, you know, if you don't raise your children, you know, I, I would rather have the Beatles raise children than I would uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> By the way, Number don't two. let Donald Trump raise your children or anyone who associates with them. Because the whole point here is that a lot of these conspiracy theories and all of these things that are not true and will never be true, you know, you're walking around as a dummy. 
and everyone is going to expose you as a dummy. Um, I, I look at these children of these people who are following Q and Donald bin Laden and all these people. I think these children are going to figure it out. I really I do. I, I just think I think it's so fucking crazy that they're going to be looking at them like, oh, my God. Well, you know, my dad, you know, my mom. But it isn't that they don't love them. It's just like, my goodness, I'm not going to be that. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And that's what you have to do. I'm, I'm not I always say I don't believe you can convince anybody in the Donald Trump cult that they've been lied to and suckered and swindled. Facts won't reach them. The Bible, the Constitution, reality, they're beyond reason. But you can convince their kids. You can convince their wives. And you That's can convince right. the people who are the bystanders to your civil debate with facts, with empathy. Uh, put it on a good dick joke at the end. It helps. Um, but I think you can actually use these people who are obstinate, use these people who are just monogamous with Donald Trump's bullshit and, yeah. you know, just show by example of how batshit this movement is. It's not hard. And expose them to Blackbird. To Blackbird? Blackbird singing in the oh. dead of night. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd Listen, there's a few artists I think that everyone should have. <laughs> I mean, Bob Marley, Van Morrison. Like, there's a few artists. Yes. That, yeah. We got to raise these re white Republicans with some soul. I'm with you all the way, man. Thank you so Metaphors much. Metaphors and allegories. Absolutely. Thanks. Have a great weekend, Sean. Let me go to Teresa calling from Washington State. Hi, Teresa. Welcome. Um, hi, John. Uh, what's the scariest, most prophetic movie ever made? Well, those are two different categories. The most prophetic movie? I mean, the scariest movie ever made, you know, I'll say The Exorcist, I'll say The Shining, but I think you have something else in mind that's political. What are, what are you thinking? The Soylent Green. Mm, yes. Remember, there are so many people on the planet that you couldn't move, you couldn't even... You didn't even have a place to take a crap or anything to eat. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> uh, prophetic. Uh, anyway, yes. I have two questions. I like that one. John. Gattaca, Gattaca, pretty prophetic as well. I, I could talk about this all night. I mean, Blade Runner, The Matrix. Yeah, but go ahead. Now I'm thinking um, about what's the... Chris, I'm sorry. No, Teresa, this is the greatest category. Chris, sure. what are the most prophetic movies? I mean, like um, Fight Club? Network? Clearly the most prophetic movie is the 1981 Orson Welles film, The Man Who Saw Tomorrow, the documentary-style <laughs> film about Nostradamus. It's literally about seeing... The, you know what the most prophetic movie I ever saw? The, a, a, a Face in the Crowd by Elia Kazan. With, well, uh, people, people will tell you it, with Idiocracy. Idiocracy is... Yeah. For better I'm, or I'm loving this topic. Wag the dog. City Children of Men. Children of men. I hope it's not prophetic. See what you've done to us, Teresa? You made us geek out. I'll, I'll give it you back know, to you. Well, we won't oh, no. we won't know. Teresa, we won't know this for another 30, 40 years, but Fury Road was pretty prophetic. Fury Road, Bob. Yeah. Metropolis. But it was pretty prophetic. <laughs> Sorry, Teresa. You've made us geek out. Let's bring it back to you. Okay. I have two questions for you. Please. Um, would slavery ever have ended if it wasn't for the Industrial Revolution? taking uh, labor and giving uh, freedom back to people. And the second one is, okay, the Industrial Revolution brought about the fossil fuel industry, and that's caused uh, pollution globally, which is kind of killing us all anyway. So, like, um, do you think we'll survive that? Well, I think when it comes I mean, to... A lot of people the, say we won't. 
Well, I mean, look, it's all going to come down to Darwin, right? I mean, humans will adapt or they won't. It's all about adaptability and the species Darwin proved that learn how to adapt to the species that survive. This is a kind of a weird case because we're adapting to global climate change caused by us. I hope that's your dog and not you. Sorry, yeah, that was my, my stomach. Dog. Okay, I didn't know if I just made you squeal with that fact. Um, but and as far as the slavery question, I don't think slavery would have ended if we hadn't had a war. Uh, a lot of people want to say, oh, if, if you hadn't had the war, eventually the South would have collapsed. And to me, that's a very ugly argument for letting slavery continue for years longer i i i honestly don't think it would have ended if uh if sherman hadn't been a monster yep well, things are worth fighting for but um, i've been in so many fights that they can't, the best fight i've ever been in is one that i reason my way out of that's it i'm with you i wish there had been a way to non-violently end slavery that it didn't take half a million lives but you know commerce we got to hit a break, Teresa. I thank you so much for the call, and I wish you a great weekend. If you're on hold, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Matthew Sheffield and your calls. We're at 866-997-4748. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying Right now, now allow me to quote our next guest. American politics is severely distorted by an extremist form of reactionary Christianity which originated in the former Confederacy. And yet this fact is almost never mentioned by mainstream media journalists, even when they are covering the events these people host. This failure to tell the truth originates in the both sides fallacy of mainstream media reporting. But how it manifests here is especially dangerous to democracy and for people who get sucked into this reactionary culture. It's like he's reading my diary. Matthew Sheffield is the publisher of Flux, and he hosts the Theory of Change video podcast. He writes powerfully and broadcasts about public opinion, right-wing extremism, misinformation, and technology trends. And he's been quoted and cited by numerous outlets, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, NBC, CNN, and PC Magazine. He has an amazing thread on Twitter all about... Turning Point USA and the Trojan horse it represents, as well as a dynamite new piece on flux that I want to talk about called For Decades, Republican Consultants Spent Big to Promote Leftist Candidates. Now they've started creating fake ones. I highly recommend the Flux site if you're looking for great analysis about the news. And it's a pleasure to welcome Matthew Sheffield to Sirius XM. Thanks for having me here, John. It's good to be here. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure. I'm really a fan of your site. I'm really a fan of what you do. And I, I think it's a, amazing how you call Turning Point USA out pretty correctly by saying it's basically an evangelical cult run with an iron fist by grifter Charlie Kirk. You know, I've been attacked by Charlie. He's even come to scream at me in my DMs in the past um, because I've always uh, made a point of asking him, can you cite one teaching of Christ? that Donald Trump or the Republican Party have fought for legislatively in the last 30 years. I mean, it's pretty evident to anyone who's read the Bible that these guys are grifters. But wow, you laid it out so starkly that these are radical reactionaries who hate the majority of Americans. When did Turning Point USA first get on your radar? And and what should Americans know about this particular uh, lobbying group? Sure. Well, so I guess the, the first thing to know about them is that they are the latest incarnation of 
uh, reactionary Republicans' efforts to brainwash high school and college students and young adults. So uh, there are there is in like about five or six other organizations out there that flood high school students and college campuses with propaganda in the hopes of basically trapping people and sort of, uh, you know, because there's a reason that they're so obsessed with schools now um, Mm -hmm. that this is just sort of a ratcheting up of their of their long term concern, which is that when people gain access to proper facts and like learn about science and how science works and, and how to think critically they lose so they cannot convert people to their ideas they have to brainwash you into them um and so so basically turning point usa they got started as basically another variation of this they've they've been they've been flooding college campuses um with propaganda and so charlie kirk has been just enormously successful at getting right-wing billionaires to give him money and his his annual budget between all the different organizations that he has is over $50 million. Amazing. Amazing. I've been at Politicon with this guy and I'm not going to deny it's a well-oiled machine. They're, they're very, very effective at pushing this culture war bullshit and getting money in return. But as you put it, uh, there is no culture war. Instead, what we have is a small core of ever radicalizing Republicans who hate The overwhelming majority of people who support religious pluralism, racial justice and LGBTQ rights. Um, You're totally right about the attack on public education. And this is something conservatives have done back since John Dewey. Obviously, uh, controlling the flow of information into young minds is very important for authoritarians and fascists. But it's really incredible right now how seemingly they've they've got a media system that no other generation could even imagine i mean you talk in your piece about the young women's leadership summit that turning point usa put on and you document perfectly how the media that covered it only talked about this is a conservative event it never talked about the essential message of a turning point usa summit for young women what was going down there and how did the media choose to cover it well, it is a really incredibly disturbing message. So basically what they were telling these, you know, 19-year-old, 18-year-old, 20-year-old girls and women is don't go to college. Um, don't pursue education. Don't think for yourself. What you need to do is stop using birth control, get married as soon as possible, and start churning out babies because Jesus wants you to do that. And if you love Jesus, you will do this. Um, and they were <laughs> they were pushing propaganda with trying to tell people that birth control. I mean, b- birth control has uh, pills have been you know around for fifty years. If there were serious side effects about them, they have been used by billions of people. Yes. Um, if there were serious side effects, we would know about them. And but they're just lying to, you know, and, and especially to teen girls who don't really have any experience with this. Like, what's what's their basis for knowing that the, these people who they trust are lying to them? They don't really have a basis. And yeah. so and, the, and there's a reason why they're they're pushing that, because when you look uh, the, the thing about right wing propaganda, too, is like it's it, there's always there's two levels of it. There's what they tell the base like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the loyalists, 
Yeah. And then what the elites behind the curtain are actually thinking. And the elites behind the, the curtain in Republican politics, they have figured out that single women are less likely significantly to vote Republican than married women. And That's so it. therefore, the goal is to trap as many women into marriage as possible and in the, and then get them into church. And basically, they don't give, you know, they don't give a shit about what the impact is on these women's lives. All they do, this is purely to get votes. That's it. That's it. All of it's to get votes. And none of it is to actually be in service of these hardworking white conservative people that keep swallowing this Christian propaganda. I mean, you know, you do you do go out of your way to praise journalists who covered this young women's event for the fine writing. But it's true. They don't ever point out that the essential message of it is, is to drop out of college, become someone's wife. Don't start trying to enter the workforce. And keep on churning out babies. And as you put it, Confederate Christians have finally realized they cannot convince most people. They cannot recruit. So they must reproduce. Do you think this is what's really behind so much of the anti-abortion rhetoric? It certainly isn't anything in the Bible. I mean, we've seen Clarence Thomas come out last year after Dobbs and say that birth control's next. We know they're trying to create more of them. Uh, just this week, a conservative company began announcing they'd be giving $5,000 bonuses to employees who respected life and chose to have a baby. You say Turning Point USA is a breeding program. Do, do you think that's the real goal here? Uh, well, it's a it's a means to an end, which is preserving. So, so and, and I should let the audience know that I used to be a Republican activist and media strategist. So I know how this works from the inside. Well, you, and, you beat me to it. I was going to ask about your, your uh, uh, <laughs> superhero origin story. Can you can you share a bit with us about your journey and your experience? Because I, I find your your evolution to be really inspiring. Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, so I was born and raised in. Uh, Mormon fundamentalism. So not like the prairie dress uh, Mormon fundamentalism, but just like, you know, extra super strict Mormonism. Right. And, right. Um, you know, and, and they believe all sorts of uh, things that uh, that I was brought up to believe were true, you know, like that Native Americans are actually uh, descendants of ancient Hebrew Indians. Um, and, yes. uh, you know, other things like that. And uh, over time, uh, I also got interested in politics and because Republican politics is so oriented about, around Christian identity, you know, it just naturally gravi I gravitated toward Republicans. And uh, eventually I started looking at whether for, I, I'm not even sure what got me thinking about whether Mormonism was true or not. Oh, well, actually, you know what, here's the, here's the funny thing. And when I'm feeling when I'm trolling people, I will tell them that learning about Scientology is what helped me get out of Mormonism. And really? It, and it's a joke. And it's a joke because, but it's true, though, because once I realized that uh, the, the founder of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, and Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, actually had a lot of similarities. Um, and I, I knew Scientology wasn't true. But then that made me think, well, wait a second. What if Mormonism is not yeah. true? Yeah. And so but so so I, I stayed in in Republican politics and kind of worked my way up the the food chain, if you will. And, uh, you know, eventually uh, and, and part of what I was doing was, you know, I was I was one of the people that was, you know, constantly saying the media has a liberal bias. 
Um, and one of the groups of journalists that I was criticizing a lot were, were fact check uh, organizations and journalists. Yeah. And, uh, and then one day I had an epiphany with that. And I, I thought, well, what if Republicans get fact checked more because they're wrong more? And wow, you, know, you really went there. You did you you did the critical thinking. You unlocked the box yourself. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and like that's that's kind of what's what is the thing that, you know, people you kind of do have to unlock it yourself. Uh but you do. people can at, at least point you toward the box um and tell you that if you open it, it's a good idea. And, you know, and, and that's and that is something that I do think that people on the on the center to left need to be doing more of it, just letting people know, you know, I don't I don't think you know what you're talking about, because, yeah. you know, it, it definitely matters like it to you need people to be pushing back and you know actively saying, well, that's that's a lie or that's incorrect or whatever. But you also need sort of encouragement. Um, and, and this is probably more of a thing with people in your personal life. Um, rather than, you know, random strangers on the internet. I, I think it's um, both. I think it's both. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, and so, um, you know, uh, but during that time that I was working in, in right-wing political and media consulting, um, you know, I would often be sitting in these meetings and, and they would just spout all sorts of crazy, insane things. Like, uh, I remember they were, we were, I was in some meeting with a group and they were uh, talking about some budget standoff and, and they kept using the phrase, well, I guess this is the hill that we die on. And I was like, a federal budget, you're going to die for that. What, what the hell does that even mean? Um, <laughs> and they, and they just looked at me and were like, well, I, we just have to win this. And I'm like, well, your idea is stupid. No one's going to go for it anyway. But like, no, I'm with you. I know. I mean, my, my background, my mother was a, a nun, a Catholic nun for 16 years, worked as a nurse with lepers in Africa. My father was a Franciscan brother who taught history uh, in, in Catholic school. And so uh, very different than you, but very, very, I was literally raised by people who had been, uh, some might say, in a cult. And I, but I grew up to believe that even when you deconstruct things about religion, it doesn't mean that a person is abandoning faith itself or abandoning belief in God or, or, or faith in the teachings of Jesus. But it can be a very, very hard transition to make when you've only been raised with one kind of reality. Yeah, it can be. And, um, and you know, there's an interesting uh, unfortunate trend which has developed also that, you know, through uh, especially sort of Internet-based um, atheist activism where, uh, you know, it's like libertarian inflected atheism. Yes. And so like they, they tell people, well, okay, so your religion's not true, but your political views are still true. You should keep believing those and, <laughs> you know, and not getting people to, to realize, well, you know, it's okay to, to open up the box on everything. Um, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's going to hurt you if you, if you start to wonder whether Donald Trump really is a criminal. <laughs> But that's why I think it's remarkable that you, you've come to a place now where you, you can actually write something about how, in your words, the second largest political party is owned by Christian fanatics, and it goes against everything that journalists have been taught. Um, and it seems like you believe that 
media establishment are really desperate to deny this. I, I think you're right. I'm not sure if the Republican Party is owned by Christian fanatics. I, I still think it's owned by oligarchs, but I certainly think that Christian fanatics are the ones that they've used the abortion wars for 40 years to serve them and draw them in to do their bidding. Uh, yeah, well, it is kind of complicated. So actually, a lot of the oligarchs are Christian fanatics themselves. So like you're right about that. Uh, so, you know, but uh, even the ones who are not, though, they do have kind of a truce uh, because, you know, basically you, you get your tax cuts and or I get my tax cuts and you can go and, and ban that's you know, homosexuality. That's um, it. So, yeah. And. You know, and, and but 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 it all comes down to this. They have the, a shared paradigm that they're operating under, which is that, you know, things which they perceive to be natural must never be challenged. Um, and so whatever the natural order of things is like, they may have specific differences as to what that is or, uh, you know, but basically the way things were in, you know, the 1920s, that's what we have to go back to. And if that includes you know, segregation, if that includes criminalizing birth control, um, you know, whatever, doesn't matter. That's, we yeah. need to go back to the way things were. And, and it's important, you know, the, the, the Confederate line with the base is actually literally true that, you know, the, the Southern Baptist Convention was formed explicitly with the idea of, you know, supporting slavery. And, yes. You know, Thank it, you. And then it, and then it continued after the Civil War as an institution explicitly in favor of segregation. And, you know, it, it, there is a and, and you're you and your listeners probably know this, but like the, the Christian right in the United States didn't really. Uh, it, so in the 1920s, after the John Scopes evolution trial, mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, attracted national international attention to, you know, evangelical white Christians and people just, you know, they were, they were humiliated. And so they kind of retreated uh, to a large extent from public life. Um, and, but in the 1970s, they decided to become interested in it be again, because to, they wanted to protect segregation. Yeah. Because exactly. after the Brown versus board of education ruling by the Supreme court, all of the white Southerners retreated to private Christian academies, as they yep. called them, but they actually were segregated. Um, That's the beauty of it was it, religious right? freedom. It was yeah. religious freedom. Um, <laughs> and so the children of Ham. I, yeah. I mean, you think about Jesus had his operation taken over by the same Romans who killed him. And Lincoln had his operation taken. The first Republican president had his operation taken over by the same white supremacist Confederates that killed him. And uh, this brings me to your, your op-ed I, I want to talk about that's on Flux about how Republican consultants spend big to promote leftist candidates because it's become very, very uh, prescient. I'm going to quote you from the piece, you know, the as the party's ability to attract popular support for its agenda continues to shrink, reactionary activists appear to be doubling down on electoral machinations. A healthy political party would respond to this situation by moderating its anti-government positions and dialing back on white Christian nationalism to broaden his appeal. But instead of moderating its views to seek a majority of voters, GOP elites have focused instead on minority rule 
strategy. And as you point out, one of those things is obviously gerrymandering and redrawing districts. One is making it harder for Democratic leaning groups to vote. Hello, voter ID laws. And then dividing the Democratic vote by supporting third party candidates and pundits who are often entirely funded by Republicans. There's a few people that have already run this year announcing challenges to Joe Biden. Several of them have been on this show and they've been people I've admired for many years. I'd love to have you unpack a bit for us about how the Republican establishment knows how to divide and conquer by stakehorsing progressives to split the ticket. Yeah, well, it's so it this is a long and dishonorable history uh, within right wing politics uh, in the United States. So it, it really kind of uh, became an interest at the at the national level in the Nixon administration with Pat Buchanan, who was working yeah. at the uh, in the White House at that time. And he wrote a memo to the Nixon political operation about how it was very necessary for them to start funding black candidates in Democratic primaries and also black independent candidates um, as a way of splintering the Democratic vote uh, ahead of the 1972 presidential election. And um, and so it was that 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 basically is sort became a fundamental tactic uh, in a, a number of different races. And and what they would do uh, is that they would find people that they you know, uh, had had achieved at least some level of notoriety on the left in one way or another. And they would basically ha- set up a, a, a consultant who would come to them and say, hey, you know, you've done some good work on this issue here. You should run for office. And yeah. Yeah. Um, that's basically how it works. And um, but and, and it was always kind of a, a, a tactic that was, you know, kind of used at the margins in Republican politics. That's right. But as time has gone gone by with Trump and, um, you know, as their as their public support has declined, um, they realized in 2020, we have to massively ramp this stuff up. And yeah. so they began setting up candidates uh, And Florida was the state where they did this a lot. They ran um, like, I believe, eight different fake candidates. Literally, they Republican consultants paid the filing fees they paid the mailing fee like to mail flyers of them uh, and these were fake candidates they never held a single event they didn't have a website they'd never talked to the media uh, mm. they literally existed only to steal votes from uh from basically that would have probably gone to democratic candidates and and one That's of them it. was this one and one of them was this one and by the way that actually is illegal you actually cannot do that like we have a lot of, of problems with our overly permissive campaign finance system, but this is one clear uh, bright red line that you can't cross. And right. and so there's this woman um, among these candidates. So people are literally going to jail for this stuff right now in Florida. Um, but they've done this in other states. Um, and, you know, and so so some of them are, you know, that they they will go and run people who actually do have some, you know, legitimate background and and left-wing politics in one way or another and sometimes they'll just run fake candidates so like in minnesota uh they were taking advantage of there were some uh smaller parties there in favor of marijuana legalization and so republican consultants are in one case they found a homeless man and they gave him money and they um put him put him up as a candidate uh and they found another guy and um you know it's just i mean it is incredible And, and then of course they did it most prominently at the national level with 
Kanye West in 2020. That's right. You know, it's like, but, he, I mean, do we people, know finance that? Do we know who was financing that? Um, well, the, the, uh, we don't know with the finances as much because that you can, you know, sort of, he, he didn't need as much money for the, to do that. What he You're was right. doing, he didn't really need, it he was had his the own money mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but we do know that in the various states where he was trying to get onto the ballot. So you know, people running signature operations, get him on the ballot, every single state, those people that were running those operations were Republican consultants, everyone. Amazing. And, you know, and, 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 and that's basically, they're running the same, the same trick for 2024. Uh, with so yeah, let's, let's, yeah, please go ahead. I mean, I'm looking at a picture right now of Robert Kennedy, who's been on this show with, uh, mm -hmm. with Roger Stone and General Flynn. Let's, let's talk about how this manifests itself now. Sure. Yeah. Well, so, um, Besides this, the, you know, this this long term Republican strategy that that we that I've been just just been talking about here is that also there has been kind of a a, a radicalizing of libertarian people um, in mm. the United States. So between the 1990s and let's say the well, I mean, actually, could he even go further back? Like, let's say the, the 80s until like roughly the mid 2010s a lot of the political controversies uh, because of new Democrats, quote unquote, more conservative ones like Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton, right. they shifted the, the Democratic Party to the right on terms of regulation and in terms of taxation. Um, and so basically what that left was more cultural type um, divides such as religion or abortion or mm -hmm. uh, you know homosexuality uh, birth control obscenity things like that and drugs and for so in that environment which was created when the democrats moved to the right people who were libertarian who were actually always on the right um they uh, though for those who didn't have a strong background or knowledge of the way political ideologies work a lot of them actually thought that they were on the left. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because like outside of the United States where, you know, most, most countries have multi-party system, um, nobody thinks that someone with libertarian views is on the left. Like <laughs> right. you, if you said somebody, if you said that to somebody in, you know, the UK or France or, you know, Japan or, you know, something like that, they, they would laugh at you. Uh, as saying something incredibly impossibly stupid. Um, but in the United States, because we are a two-party system, people don't understand that point, a lot of, especially if you are one of those people. And so um, anyway, yeah. so like, so with, with somebody like uh, Bobby Kennedy, who has, you know, uh, he, you know, has a lot of basically libertarian outlook. That's his outlook, essentially. Yeah as what we're seeing now and and the, and the same thing is true with elon musk the same thing is true mm -hmm. with glenn greenwald That's uh, true. the same thing is true with matt taibbi you know and, yeah. and these people can like they've been they have moved to the right perhaps on some issues but the thing is they were always there yeah. uh, on the right it's but, just you know, that the system people didn't yeah. they didn't understand their own position but it's not true of cornell west any theories on professor west's campaign well, see, so he's the other part, which is the the propping up the leftist right. candidate. Right. So you're right. Um, so, so in a number of states, and I, I, as I mentioned in the article, and and I'll uh, tweet it out so so uh, listeners 
can uh, can uh, take a look at it again um, after we're done here. But uh, so like, for instance, in a number of states, so Texas and Arizona, uh, Republican campaign consultants have run, they have paid the fees for an entire slate of statewide Green Party candidates. Um, and when wow. the last time Ralph Nader ran in 2004, he, there was one, um, there was only one uh, commercial, like television commercial for Ralph Nader, a, a buy for Ralph Nader, right? And that was paid for by Republicans. Um, <sighs> and, and, you know, and like, and, and, and of course they did the same thing with, uh, you know, pushing Jill Stein and, and things yep. like that. Like Republicans, it's, it's not to say that, you know, there's nothing wrong with having further left viewpoints than that, than the democratic party. But if you're not strategic about how you, how you manifest those views, then you are actually wasting your time. And in fact, probably being, you're hurting your viewpoints more if you Absolutely. vote for these people. And if you, okay. if the, 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 sorry, the number one thing you can do, if you do want a more leftist democratic party, you need to, to go for ranked choice voting. Need, Thank that's you. what you yes. need to push for. <laughs> yes, exactly right. I, that's one of my favorite topics. Matthew Sheffield, it's such a pleasure to have you join us on the show for the first time. Mr. Sheffield is the publisher of Flux, and he hosts the Theory of Change video podcast. What's the best way, sir, for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your doings? Uh, well, if you go to flux.community, you can uh, you can get the website there. And then um, my uh, podcast is theoryofchange.show. Such a pleasure having you. I really dig the website. Please come and see us again. All right. Will do. Thanks, John. Thank you. We got to go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. I'm John Fugelson. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace. Peace.